Welcome to your daily dose. I'm Bob. It's great to have you back. In today's podcast, Nick and I talk about the origin of his wondrous beard, and then he shares a pretty intense story of a time when a guy menacingly asked him if he was a Muslim. It's a real eye-opener. Check it out. When I started growing it out, I told you the reason I grew my beard, right? Mm, I don't think you did. (sighs) Your beard is a mask. Yeah. That's what it started out as. Uh, And then I realized it makes my nose look smaller and my chin look bigger. So overall, I look better having it. But I I was in the MBA program at Rollins. And I didn't feel like I should be there. It had this really strong bout of imposter syndrome. Yeah. So I started growing facial hair out every once in a while, play around with like a goatee or something like that throughout the course of my adulthood. But it never really had a beard before or a full beard. Never really got behind beyond that itchy stage. Yeah. Right. You get there and you're like, this is driving me crazy. Forget it. Um, but I felt like doing something different because I didn't feel like I belonged there. And, uh, it turned out that I really liked it. Yeah. I, I can't picture you without a beard. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think it suits you. I mean, it suits your, your whole face, but it's, and it's a pretty magnificent beard now too. It's not just your standard, you know, everyday beard. It's good. It's got a little jihadi in it. It does. And I'm, I'm always wondering, I tried to write about it once. One of the experiences that I had when somebody mistook me for uh, Middle Eastern or uh, I had one woman, actually it was a, it was the wife of, at the time of somebody who was in the MBA class. We were all hanging out afterwards and across a room, this was 10, 10 years ago. She yells Al Qaeda at me. Wow. I was just like, what is that all about? But the only time it's felt like it could lead to violence was in Steinhatchee, Florida. It's a little... I never even heard of Steinhatchee. North of Tampa, really small town, like tiny, tiny town, barely any stores, barely any restaurants, mostly busy during fishing season and scallop season. So that's why we were there. My sister had rented a place... Uh, so she could hang out with her son. I brought the kids. And nice. so we went scalloping a couple of times. And there was this really cool thrift shop down the street. So we went there. And outside of it, this guy starts walking towards me and my nephew, who it looks fairly American, does not look like, uh, you know, a little bit darker skin um, and black hair like he and uh, or like me and my sister look like. And the guy points at me and goes, do you like Muslims? <laughs> Just really serious. And I'm like, I had this moment and I realized how unprofessional isn't the right word, but just how dumb it was afterwards that, okay, do I just say that I'm Greek? Do I just go, do I, do I talk to him about really, are you serious? Like, do you know what that actually means? Do you know that there's, several million billion people who abide by this religion that has nothing to do with violence that has nothing to do with it you know do i try to yeah. educate this how person, far do you go to try to change the I world just take the out <laughs> right so luckily and i was still stunned too i'm just like what you know because obviously most of the people in this town fairly white and probably carrying guns of some kind yeah so i'm also worried about my nephew standing there i'm worried about myself 
Um, the guy who owned the thrift shop with his wife, though, was Greek. And I'd already talked to him, so he came out, kind of diffused the situation. Oh, nice. And, Good to have friends. Yeah, but I still felt like this lingering, not guilt, but maybe it was. Maybe it was a little bit like Greek privilege, right, instead of white privilege, where yeah. I have an out in all this. Yeah, and that I could just what about those people who don't, right? That I could just, you know, uh, I could say that I'm Greek. I could say that I'm Canadian. I could do all that stuff. Um and so, yeah, so there was a really weird situation and I'm still like, I, I tried writing about it a couple of times and uh, it, nothing has ever felt exactly satisfying in the way that I write it. It's so profound though, that experience of being called out by a stranger and asked a question like that. Cause he, he wasn't really asking, do you like Muslims? He was asking, are you a Muslim? Oh yeah. And then what is the right answer? Is the right answer to educate this person and and set them right on their stupid perspective of Muslims, or is the right answer to escape with your skin? And and it's like so there's a and sp- that's like a cop moment, a, a, a split decision. You have to make a good decision yeah. for you and for the people around you, or the consequences could be really hard. But I think the thing you probably feel bad about is more the fact that the sucker even asked the question to begin with. It's like the guilt you feel for not having answered the question in a way that would solve the world's problems is really more about this jerk imposing on your life to threaten you in ways yeah. because you knew there were consequences. If you were to say, Muslims, I'll love them, unless you added baked preferably or boiled, you know, and guess what? <laughs> That's what the jerks were looking for. Yeah, one of those two, or to cower, to make you cower. Right. Uh, I hope. uh, I hope karma follows that dude. I'm sure it has. And and here's the thing: it's all based in fear. It's all based in fear. Why would you call somebody out like that if you weren't afraid of them? You know. But I think it's it's hard too for you. You say you can shave it, but you can't shave it in that moment while they're talking to you. Oh no! Yeah. No. Exactly right. You're there, and then how far do you want to extract yourself from that? That was intense. That's serious. Yeah. I hope I didn't destroy it by mentioning cooked. No, oil, no, no. Oil and let me, let me take it back a step too, because it, the guy who owned the thrift shop, I ended up talking to him afterwards. So he's Greek. A lot of Greek people on the West coast yeah. of Florida, Tarpon Springs and all that. Uh, his father uh, and one of his, like his first mate who was from Algiers or something. Uh, they were both, um, they had a boat over in Greece and they actually did sponge diving there. Ooh. So when they heard about there was sponge diving in the States, they wanted to emigrate. They, what do you say, drove? They took the boat <laughs> and went across the Atlantic. They cruised it across the Atlantic wow. to come to Florida. This That's little a long ride. sponge diving boat. So I got to talk to this guy <laughs> for a little while about that kind of background. So I was like, That's fantastic. Hey, it's Nick. Re-listening to that episode, I'm glad I could end it with a little about George, the guy who owned the thrift store with his wife, Sabrina, about our shared heritage. While I tend to remember the traumatic experiences or my mistakes more often than good things that happen, that story about crossing the Atlantic on a 68-foot wooden sponge diving boat is just as vivid as the experience with the other guy. And for the record, I do like Muslims. And often, myself. Thanks for listening.